0: Now on to the show.
1: Good morning and welcome to Morning Walk with the Artist Forge. My name is Nicole York. I'll be your host. And today we are going to be talking about a topic I had settled in my mind and then completely forgot uh, as we were having conversations about biting. No, I just remembered it. We have been saved by my glorious mind. Okay, so first I'm gonna tell you a very small story and then we're gonna get into why this topic is important. Um, There is a creator that I follow who talks all about the fantasy, uh, fantasy books and movies and you know, all of the things my nerdy little heart loves. And recently um, there have been discussions going around about the new Lord of the Rings movies if you run in fantasy spheres, well the TV show, forgive me um that will be on amazon and some of the posters that have been released that show people of color um holding you know different paraphernalia from the movies the rings and things like that and of course um racist bigots being what they are a nasty conversations have erupted and so many creators have been as they should arising to defend hey people of color exist in middle earth and this is a completely legitimate thing to have so hush your pie holes okay so even though this this creator was very specific to the world very kind about things that a whole bunch of people reported their platform they have spent time gaining about 23,000 followers So that's a hefty amount of people and they now have a warning against their platform that means that they can lose it with one more one more issue and they will lose their platform so that really got me thinking about the fact that we are all in an attention economy. We've talked about this, the fact that at this point, in order to build a brand, you have a few options, but they all revolve around getting people's attention and then getting them to take action. So one of the ways that you may do that is by advertisements. The other way is by building yourself a platform, right? So you have, Uh, organic ways that you can reach people through your brand in different areas and of course social media is a big one whether that's TikTok or Instagram Facebook wherever you're at the idea is that you're sharing things that will reach people they will get to know you get to like you and then if they like what you have to offer they will take action so controlling their attention is a big part of that and some creators will not just use the work that they create as a way to gain attention but they will use who they are their personality this is you know a really specific way to build a platform we've talked about a cult of personality before but the idea is that people don't just like your work now they like you and so they care about the things that you do they want to support you they want to engage with you so they will buy your things or whatever it is a lot of artists will work this way because it allows you to what's the important thing control the narrative except when somebody takes your platform away except when the algorithm changes except when they people who disagree with you show up and eventually deplatform you what happens then what happens when the bulk of your marketing attention has been spent building an outreach whether that is through advertisements or through a personal platform, and all of a sudden the next day it is gone. This is a legitimate danger that we face as entrepreneurs and artists because most of us are not spending a big marketing budget on on advertising. Most of us have a presence somewhere on the internet where we are on someone else's platform, hawking our wares, or sharing who we are in the hopes that we will have enough traction to bring people through the proverbial front door. When things change, we lose that. And if your income right now is based purely on one or two places that you're bringing through the bulk of your income, that was redundant, whatever. and something changes with the platform you may be in trouble guys um instagram's numbers have apparently been plummeting lately many many creators are talking about the fact that they're not seeing any interaction um comparative to what they had in the past this is a problem when we're building our our marketing outreach around these areas so we need to talk about how we approach this what are some things that we can do to make our business outreach anti-fragile whether that is through our business or our our personality whatever we're using to reach people how do we make that anti-fragile how do we continue controlling the narrative if part of that narrative vehicle has been taken from us um so i want to have that conversation today because of course, it's been on my mind. It's also super practical and important because this is a reality of what we face right now using the internet, especially for those of us who are still in places where being able to do things in person is difficult. What do we do? So of course, first I'm gonna bug the moderators and say, guys, what do we do? This, this danger is a real thing. We saw what happened when Facebook completely went offline. Um, luckily, that was for a short amount of time, but there's no promises. Um, and with this changeover, we have also seen Facebook lose a significant amount of worth in their stock. So, of course, there's danger inherent in that as well. Um, a lot of authors lately have been complaining about the fact that their Facebook ads, now the cost per clicks, have gone incredibly high past what they can afford. So, how do we? manage this and still have the ability to reach folks and control the narrative today? That is the question.
0: I think one of the things that you have to realize is that everything is very impermanent. And that if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, that things are eventually going to go wrong. It's not if they will, it's when they're when they'll go wrong. And I've seen this happened to small companies time and time and time again, when they put all of their marketing and all of their engagement into one specific platform. And you know people will build businesses on Facebook or people will build businesses on Instagram. And then at the women fancy of our digital overlords, something changes and suddenly you're up the creek. This is why you have to take in my opinion, a very diversified approach to what you're doing with your marketing and where you're engaging with your audience. The, the thing is you want to be able to own what you can own and not be reliant on other platforms for. This is why email lists are so important. Being able to have email addresses of customers that want to engage with your product or your service and you're able to own that list, you can communicate with them whenever and wherever you want, because they've asked to be notified for that. When you're relying on another platform for reach, besides your own email, then you are running the risk. It's a calculated risk, but you're running the risk that that could all go away in an instant. And we've seen this since days in memoriam, when we're going from AOL to MySpace, to Facebook, to Instagram, to whatever is next, things will change and things will come and go, and there will always be a new platform, there'll always be something that we have to go to and rebuild. So the one constant in all of that is the engaged audience that you can manage through email addresses, And that to me has always been the fallback for me, Um, when I'm thinking about who are the customers that I want, how do I want to engage with them? What am I asking of them? Right? Me throwing stuff out to Instagram is me throwing stuff out worldwide. Are those customers of mine? Are they nearby? Will they actually purchase what I offer? Probably not. But the email addresses that I have past clients and their friends and people that have sought me out to engage with stone tree. Those are people that I can directly communicate with. That direct communication is what's going to, you know, manage and save my business going forward, regardless of what platform is out there. Does that answer your question, Nicole? I'm not sure if, if I got too far off topic or got ahead of myself, Nope. a
1: hundred percent.
0: OK, so yeah, 100%. there it is.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm so, so glad that you touched immediately on making sure that we're capturing people's emails. And I think we're actually, so I think for the next two days, it is Wednesday, right? (laughs) I think for the next two days, we're going to talk about our websites and then we're going to talk about email marketing Um, because I want to make sure that nobody in the Artist Forge gets trapped in this trap if they don't want to be. So those are the two things that we own we own our websites. And then those lists that we build, those email lists that we build, we all those. So those are our two biggest assets that guarantee if things go wonky, we still have a way to move forward. Um, So I think that's going to be the conversation over the next couple of days. And I'm really glad that you brought that up, Matt, because as somebody who has worked in this field of email marketing, I can tell you, you can generate even as a very large company at least in my experience even almost half of your income through your email list if it's large enough and you're managing it the right way you're sending the right kind of offers and the right kind of information that is a really really powerful tool and even more powerful because like you said matt the people who are on that list have opted in to be there. They have said, yep, send me stuff. I want stuff from you. And that is the kind of permission-based marketing that is always going to be more powerful than just jumping in front of somebody and flashing open your trench coat and going, you want some of this? And they go, no. (laughs) This is somebody who said, you know what? Jump in front of me anytime you want. I want to know what you have to offer. So um, (laughs) sorry for that metaphor, but I like it. So you got to deal with it. Um, So I really think that it's important for us to start there and recognize that what we own is going to be the important part. And then this idea of diversifying and making sure that our eggs are not all in one basket. That's actually something I want to, I want to poke you a little bit about Becca, because I know that that has been a strength of yours in finding these different places where you can communicate with people who are your potential clients and it's not even always necessarily based purely on platform but on how and where you engage right
2: yeah yeah and i mean honestly like my my first course of action if my instagram were to be canceled uh, would probably be to cry Um, I definitely have put a lot of eggs in singular baskets, but yeah, there is that level of diversification that is really, really important. Um, and I think, you know, beyond just having a presence on various social media channels, because digital marketing itself is much bigger than just social media marketing. Um, so that is things like, you know, if you rely on things like data through your website or email marketing or whatever, um, that's a way of diversifying. But, uh, that, that community engagement is really important. It's something that can be a form of insurance as well. And so like once upon a time, when I used to write things and people wanted to read them, uh, I ran a very successful blog, which did kind of have that cult of personality. Um, yeah. Do I want to give you the name? Not really. Um, but I, I basically, I wrote a parenting blog because I was a teen mom and I, you know, had, was not prepared for that world at all. And so I just kind of wrote about this experience of learning about motherhood and learning about how to be an adult and you know, what it was like to have kids. And this was kind of before sarcastic, snarky mom blogs and videos were a thing. This was well over a decade ago now. Um, I had a lot of readers and a lot of followers. I had clients that came from there. And then the platform that I used to run my blog shut down. But, but I had developed those connections with the same people who were interested in my blog on outside platforms and in person. So by having that level of collaboration, and this goes for social media now too, even things like Instagram, you know, Facebook, whatever it is, um, having those connections with people where they can back you up, they can still send people where they need to go if they need to know more about you, they can name drop you on their own websites, things like that are another way of kind of having that extra level of insurance and that extra level of presence if you will, and still maintaining that authentic, engaged relationship outside of just being a nameless, faceless brand. Like you're someone that people can actually genuinely refer to and know how to find you.
1: Ooh, okay. So we began with the idea, um, if you're just joining us today, we're talking about the fact that building our brand on the internet means that we are at the mercy of the people who own the platforms. And when algorithms algorithms change or when certain platforms die we risk to lose a lot as creators especially if we have put all of our eggs in the instagram basket or the snapchat basket or whatever it is so how do we take that power back continue to control the narrative and still have access to our pool of clients and so some of the answers we've talked about so far are making sure that we are diversifying the places that people can reach us, and then making sure that we own a platform where people can reach us. This is not, I I have a website, but nobody knows I exist. This is, I am purposefully funneling people toward my website so that I can capture their information and still reach them if things go wrong. And then what you said, I think was so important, Becca, because this is, the people that you are connecting with, give them additional ways to connect with you. Don't just, you know, funnel them places, but meet them in person, meet them at events, um, you know, give them, uh, let them know the other platforms that you're on, invite them to go follow you there. Feel free to do those calls of action. Go click subscribe over here, follow me there, um, because it allows you to keep in touch with folks, but also I think what may have slipped under under people's radars about what you just said was, these are people you built relationships with. This is not just nameless, faceless hordes of clients who you're saying, you know, go follow me on YouTube in case my Instagram shuts down. This is people that you know, and you've spent time speaking to who feel invested in you, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And like, so in the case of my blog, a lot of my my blog readers then became my friends on Facebook. And I'm, I'm pretty... I keep a pretty open Facebook anyway, um, you know, just for networking purposes, um, even though my Facebook is mostly shitposts at this point. Um, But yeah, so it was like that whole audience then transferred to my Facebook and then a large section of them then transferred to my Instagram. And even earlier that when in that blogging era of my life, I was also I had a pretty big presence on Flickr, uh, if anyone remembers Flickr. (laughs) Um, And so I had that kind of exchange of audience between Flickr and my blog as well. So people who are interested in my photography could then get to know me on a more personal level. People who are interested in me in that mom personal level could get to then experience my photography. And some of them often did hire me. Um, So, you know, creating not just the diversity in the platform, but then the the diversity in the content as well, because then they get to know you a little bit more intimately. And it, again, solidifies that relationship. Amazing.
1: I love that. Okay. So fantastic advice so far. One thing I just thought of that I know if I don't share it now, um, I am gonna forget, so I'm gonna do that before I ask um, Kat if she has some things to share, but is when you are creating content for the purpose of putting that out on the internet as a kind of outreach thing, creating evergreen content is really important for the long-term ability to reach people. What I mean by that is if you create something that is purely for the purpose of getting attention and maybe it is jumping on the back of a current trend or jumping on the back of a current piece of you know um, contentious news that's going on or something that happened in the industry that is like hey everybody's talking about this let me jump on it real quick there's a good chance that people will cease looking for information about that thing and then you will Your ability to reach people via that piece of content ends at that point. Once all the smoke dies away and nobody cares about it anymore, that piece of content becomes worthless. That doesn't mean that it can't be powerful in a short term to bring people to where you're at. But over the long run, if those things were to die away, that piece of content also becomes useless to you. So don't just focus on things that will get you lots of attention in the short term focus on evergreen content that will be useful for a long time that will stay in circulation. I can't tell you how many people have come and found me years later after I stopped writing for f-stoppers because something that I wrote had a direct impact on them now, even though it was written three years plus however long ago. um, Because that information will continue to be valuable for a long, long time, so consider making sure that part of your content creation schedule is pieces that are evergreen enough that they will bring people to your door for years. Okay. Just piggybacking off what Becca said for that one. Kat, do you have any ideas about what we can do to maintain some control over our platform and the people that we can reach even when some of these platforms we might use could be in danger.
3: I mean, just circle it back around to that email list. I think the rule of thumb is once you reach 10,000, right? And that's like a pretty lofty goal for for any business, regardless of size. Um, But once you reach 10,000, after three months of consistently reaching out week after week, um, the revenue conversion on those 10,000 emails is equal to dollar, right? So after 10,000 and then three months of consistently sharing month after month, now all of a sudden you're guaranteed a monthly target of $10,000 just from that email list alone. Now, yes, Facebook is free. And we all spend a ton of time on Facebook and on Instagram and on TikTok and all of the things, but everything should be pointing to your website, to that email list. Right? So, because that's where that content is, that's where that direct access is to you. Um, Beyond that, like, you know, what, just like you said, what do you own? I own my website. I own the thank you cards that I send out to people I've built relationships with, client or otherwise. Um, And then everything else should just be in support of the direction to that place to that website to that business to that storefront i'm
1: so glad you mentioned storefront right now because there are those of us who do have a physical address where we can use that as a point of touch for our local community and so consider the investment in what you can do in your local community to give back and let folks know that you're there without trying to take, right? Without saying like, show up and let me, let me earn some money off of you. But saying, here is a local business that cares about this area. Come and interact here. And that is another thing that you have another finger in the proverbial pie um, or pot on the proverbial stone. <laughs> or in the fire, whichever metaphor you like that allows you to keep contact with the people who are your potential clients, making sure you have something physical and not just, um, not just a digital presence, but some kind of physical way that people can contact and interact with you is also a really powerful uh, tool in this toolkit of being able to maintain exposure to potential clients. So, As we come up on the half hour mark, I want to start inviting up friends from the audience. If you have an idea of some things that people can do to make themselves and their brand, their business, anti-fragile as it relates to the whims of the digital world of Instagram, or should should an EMP hit (laughs) and take away our electricity. Or should a storm come along or whatever it is uh, that makes everything difficult? We can't reach those people anymore. What do we do? Which, as a quick reminder, you can print off physical copies of your email list. It's called a CCV. (laughs) You want to have that. So every now and then, uh, make a copy, print that off. You can have that. Your email provider should give you the option to do that. It will give you the name and email address whatever provided information that people have given you to contact them. Consider also asking them if they would like to opt in for physical pieces of mail, just in case, just in case, just something to think about. I see we have Bobby. Hello, my friend. It's been a while since we've heard from you. How are you?
4: Oh, I'm doing well. I tried to pop in when I can, which just hasn't been as often lately.
1: We're glad to and have you was, when
4: we can get you. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I I think it was, you know, really great advice there and, and everything was true, but even going a step farther, you know, with you own your website, but the most basic thing you own is your name. And a lot of people when you start out, you know and, and I did the same thing, you know, we work under, you know, we say, you know, my company was Adventure Media for a little while because you're wanting to seem more legitimate than you probably are, you know, as you're starting out. So you kind of, you know, are projecting an image of, you know, I'm a legitimate real company. And then after a while, you know, I realized I needed to, to be starting to use my own name. You know, as you do get more established, you know, the the photographers and, and uh, you know, creators that we all admire, we don't know what their LLC they're operating under is. You know, you. You hire Annie Leibovitz, you don't hire whatever name she's using now for her corporate things. So always have everything in your name. And when I made that decision, I don't know, 10 years ago now, the first thing I did was you know go looking for the website domain, you know, bobbythompson.com. And it was some grandpa in Tennessee that had had the thing for 10 years and had posted like two photos of his grandkid you know, wasn't using it. And I had to wait, you know, I don't know, you know, knock on wood, hopefully he didn't pass away or anything, but it took a couple of years before that website domain came available because it was a premium name. I think it was $750 to register it. It was one of the most painful checks I've ever had to write in my life, but I've got that now. So that's my name under my website. And then every time there's a social media that starts up, you know, I've never posted anything on TikTok. I don't know that I ever will but I've got, you know, Bobby Thompson under it. Uh, so anytime something new comes along, realize that no matter what happens, you've always got your name, whether it's with a website or the social media or anything. And eventually that's probably what you're going to want to market under. Um, and I don't put a ton of, uh, attention into my website because dealing with commercial work, I don't, have not historically marketed to the public. You know, I need, you know, 20 art directors to know my name. And after that, I'm good. Uh, as I've started trying to do more work with art galleries and and things like that, it's like I need to start paying more attention to that. And a couple of years ago, I started making a joke that, you know, evidently I'm big in Perth, Australia, because I kept noticing, you know, when you look at the analytics and your website, you you know, you see all these oddball places. You're like, how the hell did anybody come from there? But I got a lot of hits from Perth. And then about a year ago, somebody bought three really large, really expensive prints from there that I had never heard of, had never interacted with, still cannot figure out exactly how they found me. So I'm like, wow, I really am big in Perth, Australia. And literally last week, the same customer ordered six more prints to give one out to each of his employees. Mm-hmm. So having, uh, you know, definitely having your own uh, domain and name is absolutely correct so but I, but I think the name is also important. That's it.
1: I'm so glad you brought that up, Bobby, and I think you're absolutely right there. I mean if somebody were to go Google my name, you're gonna find me all over the place <laughs> in different forms of one or the other, from blog posts I've written to uh, you know. The work that I've done for other companies and whatever it is, videos of me doing things, you're going to go find that stuff. So you're absolutely right. And in fact, one of my current clients um, had been in contact with me years ago, had had a traumatic family event, and then had had to drop all contact information and went and found me again through those means. They just went searching for me to find out how they could contact me. And they were able to. So. I think you're absolutely right. The importance of your name or whatever name you need to be known under, that really can't be understated. So I'm, I'm super glad you brought that up because I wouldn't have even thought to say that.
4: Yeah, and, you know, your name has been out there in other places, you know, with your writing and things like that. So if you're, I really, I tell everybody now, start marketing under your, your own name, even if, if you want to add, you know, studios after it or or whatever to to dress it up. Fine, but, you know, they see an article that you wrote, like you said, two years ago, but if your studio name is under, you know, the magical photographer or what, you know, some other name, how are they going to find the two? So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, narrow needle to thread sometimes on that, you know, and I'm, you know, and I don't really, like I said, push my website much uh, beyond art directors. And I'm kind of fighting that now. It's like, okay, well, I want to start doing more of the, the fine art world. You know, I'm getting in some galleries and things here and there, but my website's not really designed for the public. You know, when you go to it, I don't have landing pages. I don't have a lot of extra things because art directors aren't going to spend the time. They don't want to mess with it. They want to see your images and they flip through them. If you've ever watched them flip through things, it's almost like they're looking at one of those little comic books, you know, they're, they scan things fast. When you go to my front page, it's, you know, just a scrolling collage of, you know, it looks similar to an Instagram feed because that way they can see the work I want them to see right up front. Um, So that doesn't always translate. But again, the main thing is that they're going to find me at least, you know, if you start looking for my name uh, and there's a musician, he's regionally, I think he's kind of a big thing. I think he's out of Virginia named Bobby Thompson. There's a banjo player named Bobby Thompson. And then there was a baseball player years ago that didn't have the P in his name, but everybody misspells it. So if you start Googling them, you know, you kind of have to add filmmaker or photographer or something in there to to get my name right away, but they're going to be able to find it. So that's my little rant for the day.
1: Yes, an important one. And I'm super glad that you mentioned it. Okay. So, and, and just as a, a caveat, we have talked in the past about the fact that sometimes if you have an exit strategy for your business or if you are building a business with the purpose of eventually exiting um not giving the business the name of your name so that you retain your name and your and all of your information when you walk away um, and what the person buys is the business so what bobby's saying is not necessarily that everything has to be named after you but that your outreach should all be done under your name correct bobby
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it just depends, you know, and and everybody's got a different situation and a different type of business and a different clientele. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, splitting things off. You know, I think I've still got a couple DBAs just in case I want to, you know, my goal has never been to build a big company or an agency or, you know, I'm a solo freelancer and I like it that way. But if I ever need to, for some reason, you know, I've still got, i still got the old adventure media name someplace floating around, but, uh, so yeah, you know, just having, that uh, is that as, as that's just the one thing that can never be taken away from, you know, platforms yep. can be taken away. Honestly, you know, this isn't gonna happen, but you know, the internet could be taken away or anything, you know, but if you've built under your name and again, I don't know if it's the best idea, you know, when you are first starting off because Nobody knows you, but that's marketing. That's your job is to make sure they know you. Um, you know, people always say, "Oh, well, it's not, you know, uh, it's who you know. Because, you know, and, and a lot of my uh, business comes, you know, word of mouth or, or people we've worked with. It's not who you know, it's who knows you by you know, whatever means you use to do that. But you can always use your name. So I think it's important to kind of start that as soon as it makes sense for you. Nice.
1: All right. I love these suggestions so far. Um, I wanna invite other friends from the audience if you have some ideas on how we can maintain control of the narrative, how we can maintain our contact with our audiences when something happens to our platform. um, Now is the time to raise your hand. We really wanna hear from you this morning. Um, And I was just thinking about also the fact that you, back in the day, um, people kept Rolodex. So you had a little Rolodex on the top of your desk that was nothing but name cards, with names and addresses and phone numbers. And we have, in a way, stopped taking that seriously. So this is something that should be separate from our our email list per se because sometimes these are not the kind of people who are gonna sign up for your email list, but your important contacts, the people that you know across these platforms. um, Maybe you had the good luck to collaborate with a fantastic brand and you got to meet the owner. You better have their information somewhere. You better have that stuff stored away. Maybe you got lucky enough to work with a gallerist and they sold a piece for you and you haven't talked to them for a while. Go make that connection. Get that back, get that information, store away those important contact details because you never know when the situation is going to change and you may need to reach out to that person again. So make sure that you have those things. Um, I see Carol has her hand up. And then if there's anybody else this morning who is listening, if you have some ideas on how we can continue to reach folks when our... Outreach at this point is very perpetrated upon having access to social media and the rules can always change. I would love for you to raise your hand and come up and share some thoughts. Um, yes. All right. Oh, I see Dustin is down in the audience today. Hello, Dustin. OK, Carol, please go ahead and share.
5: I'm afraid I don't have anything to add as far as information. It's more questions. Two things. One, if you what if you have a common name, and then what if your name is taken? I had an Instagram under Carol's Designs that was taken by an Arabic guy, and I've never been able to get it back. So I just changed it to a Carol original. Um, I I don't know what to do about that. So a common name, or if your name is taken. Thank you.
0: There's really nothing that you can do about it if your name has been taken Um, and you do have to come up with optional names. Um, Don't ever get fully invested into one particular name, Um, have options, right? So I think when, when I was developing the name for Stone Tree Creative, I must have gone through, I don't know, 50 or 100 different possible name combinations where I would then research and see if those were available on all the major platforms as well as a free domain name um, because you want that consistency across everywhere that your brand resides. So if a Carol originals is, you know, your, your name on Instagram, that might be a website name. See if it's available on Facebook, all of those things, there has to be a little bit of methodology and thought into a name just because I like, Um, you know, Matt's portraits doesn't mean that it's going to be available. So, you know, when something is taken like that, quite frankly, having dealt with this for the past 20 some odd years, the easier thing to do is come up with a different name. You don't have the resources, time, energy, or expertise to fight for domain names um, when your presence is not super, super large. So just Come up with another name, you know, brainstorm some stuff, um, and try to find that consistency across all the platforms, and then go forward with that. Um, that's the best advice that I can give. I've had, I've lost domain names, I've lost Instagram accounts, and it sucks. Um, but that's just the best way to go about it.
2: I think, I mean, there's also the power then in, like, everything you said is absolutely 100% correct, Matt. Um, but I think in connecting your own personal name with your brand name, if you are using something separate, like... If if Carol goes out and, you know, does a gallery and introduces herself to people, is she going to introduce herself as a Carol original or is she going to introduce herself as her full name? Oh, Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even, you know, Stone Tree Creative, you then have Matt Stagliano attached to that, I'm sure. So if people meet you in person or they're associated with you as a person, as an individual, they can still find you and find those other you know, platforms or websites or whatever it is that are under your business name, but you're still using your name and your identity. Um, so I think that's, that's really the key here to maintaining that ownership of your name. And most people do have a shared name. It's just a reality. Even very famous people have shared names with other people. It just happens, but it's still you. So when people meet you, that's what they're gonna associate with you is your name. And if they need to find you, that's what they're gonna look for.
0: Totally 100% for sure. correct, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and most of the time they can add modifiers to that, right? So if there's 12 Carol Gonzales is out there doing different cool stuff, but I'm looking up Carol Gonzalez artist, <laughs> then I'm gonna have a lot easier time picking up.
6: Hi, it's Connie. I'd like to add two things if I could, Um, In addition to what Matt said, um, in addition to looking at social media, uh, I suggest that people also look at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office database. Um, It's not a walk in the park to use it, but it's not as difficult as it was, but you want to make sure that somebody hasn't trademarked a name. Um, There are some instances when, you can use something that has been trademarked and it's been trademarked for a different purpose, or if you show that you used it before they trademarked it, but still it's, it's not worth going down that path if it's already been trademarked. So that's one place to look. And the other thing is that um, URLs are not the end all and be all. I was struggling with whether I'd be Connie Drapeau. Don't look at my stuff now. I'm like so unbranded at the moment, but I'm in the midst of some other work coming back soon. Um, But um, I was looking at Connie Drapeau and I was looking at Connie Kennedy because to use my full name and I use all three names is just a mouthful. And Connie Drapeau was great. There were like five of us in the country and one of them is not a relative and we had met in different work capacities and she was lovely and the others were kind of quiet and one started posting bowling scores on the internet. And that's all she had until she got indicted for embezzling a quarter of a million dollars. And if I hadn't looked, if I had just looked at the names used in Instagram and Facebook and other places, I wouldn't have known that. So I really had to do a Google search. I wouldn't want to be associated with her in any way. And I probably could have overcome it or addressed it, but I chose not to go that way because I didn't want that kind of influence. And then there was a Connie Kennedy years back who was blogging uh, ceaselessly about, education, uh, sex, religion, politics. And whether I agreed with her or not, and in many cases there were some strong issues I disagreed with her, um, I would not want my name commingled with her. So it's not just looking at what names are taken, it's looking at who's taking, who's using those names even if they don't own the, the handle on social media. And um, thank you so much. I often have a conflict at this hour and I love, love, love this room. And I think I've only spoken once before and I really appreciate all that you all contribute.
1: Ah, thank you, Connie. And that was really fantastic piece of advice, um, which is easy for some of us to forget who have been uh, on the line for a long, long time as relatively early adopters we have decent control over our names because we've been out there for ages and ages, but it's easy to forget that, yep, somebody else has our name and is out there doing stuff with our same name. (laughs) And so we need to be aware of that and looking at how that may potentially impact us. So that's a really fantastic piece of advice. And as we come toward the end of the hour, I wanna make sure if there's anybody else who has anything to share, about different ways that we can control the narrative, control our online presence despite the difficulties that may arise with different platforms, gaining or following in popularity, being able to you know, drop people or ban accounts, all of those things. If you have any advice in that area, would love to have you come up and share. And I'll allow for some final thoughts. So we've got some brilliant minds on the panel up here today. Do you have any final thoughts, y'all, on just what people should be taking away from this conversation?
5: Can I pose another question? Please do. I was wondering, if you have a domain name, does that mean somebody else could have it trademarked? And if you have a trademark name, does that mean somebody else could have it a domain name of that? Are you supposed to get both?
1: If you have a name that you have uh, owned the domain for, and then somebody trademarks the name, they would still have to buy it from you if they wanted it. You couldn't do business under that name anymore, I believe, but you still own the domain. So there are actually people who make, they make a living this way. They go off and they buy domain names and then they jack up the price on them and they won't sell them unless it's, you know, uh, however much money. It's kind of a backhanded loophole you can take advantage of. Thanks. Capitalism. But uh, yeah, so at le- at least I believe I'm correct.
6: If I'm wrong, um somebody jump up and
1: okay um, uh, so, mm-hmm.
6: so, so yeah. Just to add in, if if you have the domain name and you're using it, the last I checked, um and I had taken out a couple of I had taken out two trademarks for other businesses. So You know, a number of years ago, I knew this stuff, so I may not be fresh on it. But the last I checked, if you have used it before they trademarked it, I can't think of the legal term for that pre-existing use. You can still continue to use it, and it will not be considered a trademark violation. Oh, nice. Okay. But the other, the other tip for those in the states, and you know, your country mileage might vary wherever you are. um, You can. The, the, trade, the federal trademark process is cumbersome and expensive, even if you do it yourself, but you can also trademark with your state and it doesn't give you all the rights that a federal trademark does, but you can do it rather quickly uh, and it's much cheaper, much, much, much cheaper, cheaper. And there's also something called a service mark, which might serve you well and give you protection and I'll leave it at that cuz i know you're trying to close out the room.
1: Outstanding. I love that. Ooh, great information. Did that help Carol?
5: Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um now i now i got to find out what service mark is, but every time i learn something new that it raises another question, but thank you.
1: Perfect. Bobby, did you have something to respond to there?
4: Yeah, I and I'm not entirely sure on this, but if you're, you know, using any type of, of company name, yes, you can definitely run in trademark issues. I believe if you're just using, you know, your name, I'm not sure that can be trademarked because, you know, everybody's got a name. But, it, you know, and, and every state's different too, you know, when you you know have to incorporate it as a business in it. It's like my LLC is... Kind of an an oddball name, but I don't mark it under that. It's, you know, upscuttle LLC because I figured nobody's going to use that hillbilly word uh, for a company. But then, you know, the, uh, you know, the Bobby Thompson stuff is, is underneath that. But I don't think if it's just your name, but if it was Bobby Thompson Studios or Bobby Thompson Media or something, then you can run into trademarks on that. But I don't think anybody can tell you, no, you can't use your name just by itself. But again, there's, you know, and I have to deal with copyright law a lot of times on stuff. It's always such a gray area. The best thing to do is ask a lawyer. Um, And, you know, it's just such a muddy area. You know, you'll get the same answer three different times. Definitely something to look into.
1: For sure. Do your research, friends, um, because none of us are lawyers. (laughs) We are just sharing um, our knowledge that we have gained. So make sure that you are looking that up for the area that you live in. And like Bobby said, it's always going to be a good idea to consult with a lawyer. So as we come to the end of our discussion today, we have been talking about the fact that we live in an attention economy, meaning attention is what drives dollars. Marketers and advertisers know this. This is why Content creation is a big deal. This is why the idea of going viral is a big deal. We are always looking for ways to capture attention and turn that attention into money. And as artists and business people, we have to take advantage of the cheap and free options, which means social media is a big deal for us because that organic reach that we can potentially get drives people to purchase from us but we don't own the social media platforms we cannot control the rules under which they do business and if they should choose to change something start charging for um, reach and we see our our interactions plummet if they decide that we no longer suit the kind of platform that they have and they remove us if the platform goes out of business there are a million different reasons why the platform that we rely on may stop working for us so we need to make sure first and foremost i think we'll start with you know what you mentioned bobby we need to make sure that our name is out there and that we control as much of it as we can so if you can buy the domain name that is linked to your name grab that try to name yourself as consistently as possible across social media platforms that you do engage in so that it's clear that Nicole York is still Nicole York. And maybe if that adds photography or creates or whatever it is, that is still there. So make sure that you're trying to name yourself consistently and that you own that name. Then you want to have a place that you own. Your website is important. Stop ignoring it. This is your way to control your online presence outside of the social media that exists. And you should be using social media as a way to funnel people toward that website. And once they're there, you should be capturing their information. You need a way that they can opt in with you, whether that is just a newsletter pop-up that happens, whether you have an offer for folks, that if they sign up for your newsletter, they're going to get something awesome. Um, whatever that is, make that available so that people can give you their information and you can store that and then market to them specifically. Those are a powerful thing. And we're going to talk about that over the next couple of days. So once you have that. Make sure that your eggs are not all in one basket. You should be doing outreach in multiple places, not just one place. Do not rely solely on Facebook. When Facebook changes, your outreach is going to be damaged. So get on platforms that you can handle. That's an important one. We've talked about overwhelm in the past. So make sure that these are things that you can handle and find ways to funnel those people from that place back towards your website. Make these connections personal meet people make relationships keep that information invite people to come and follow you on different platforms so if you have a youtube channel and an instagram and a facebook see if you can migrate folks between those or let them know that you exist in these different places so that they can go and follow you in different places that way if youtube says well we don't like your content anymore bye uh they still have an ability to reach you on instagram And then also consider the fact that other people may be using the same or similar names. So do a bit of research and find out if folks are out there using those names. And if those kind of people are going to damage your reputation, if somebody is looking for you and runs across them and says, I didn't know she wrote a blog about this. I don't want to give her my business now. Um, Even when it's not you, but you have the same name. So imagine what uh, Homer and Marge Simpson, the real people. The real life people who have those names have to live with on a daily basis. You don't want to be that person. So make sure that you are paying attention to things like that as you make these decisions. Over the next couple of days, we're gonna talk about things we need to be considering for our website. And then we're gonna talk about email marketing. And I would recommend that you prepare yourself for that conversation because I'm gonna throw a lot of information out at you Um, On Friday, when we talk about email marketing, if you know somebody who needs to know more about this, I also ask you to invite them to that conversation. Um, I'm going to be giving you the things I know firsthand from managing an email list of 120,000 people. So be there for that. I I will give you as much as I can give on that day. Um, That'll be Friday. So like I said, if you know somebody who needs that, please invite them. Also, come and join us. In our Facebook group, you see the link up there at the top that is pinned. Um, Come share the information that you have. So if you've had an experience people can learn from, or if you know of a few ways people can make smarter decisions where their online presence is concerned, or anything else that is art-related, come hang out. um, Tell us all of your things. Also, don't forget to go check out the website, theartistforge.com. There are blog posts and articles and podcasts going up there all the time. A lot of really fantastic information. So go check those out from past, uh, past blog posts, podcasts, all that good stuff. Share those with folks if you think they need them. And in the meantime, between now and tomorrow morning when we'll get together again at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, that is 6 a.m. for the West Coast and 9 a.m. for the East Coast where we're gonna be talking about our websites and things that we should know and keep in mind for our businesses. Go make something amazing. Put on your calendar Thursday. I was about to forget that tomorrow we're going to be getting together for the first live stream of the month. We want you to come hang out with us. We'll be live all over, uh, Facebook on the artist forge, uh, page and the group we will be live in there. Also live on YouTube on the Nicole creates, we'll be live in there. Um, come hang out with us. The whole purpose is to get to hang out with you guys. We're going to practice our visual literacy skills, break down some images chat about all those things and uh we hope you'll join us and anyways to close off for the day go make something amazing hopefully we'll see you tomorrow morning have a fantastic day everybody bye
0: thanks again for listening to this live clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at the artist forge we hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.